Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across North America. Very excited today to be bringing you a topic that I absolutely love talking about, which is lead generation. Lead generation, lead generation. Um, a lot of people talk about how do I increase profit? How do I have more success? How do I get more sales? How do I get more recruits? How do I X, Y, Z? Lead generation is going to be the answer. Our high-level topic for the month of February for our high-level team leader group coaching, which we offer every Thursday from 11.15 Central to 12.15 Central, is going to be focused on lead generation in the month of February. For more information about our high-level group coaching product and all of the amazing discounts and content that we make available to you, go out to growwithers.com. You can set up a free demo call with Logan Boyce, our director of sales, and you will find that we offer a plethora of options in terms of how to partner with elite real estate systems. Lead generation. So what we've discovered after being in this business a very long time, I got my license uh, in 2006. Uh, it was funny. I was 22 years old. I just graduated college with an undergrad in business. And my first day at the office in November of 2006, I had a handful of agents that averaged 60 to 65 years old ask me, what did you do before real estate? And with a smile on my face, I said, college, which is a very unique answer. Most people that get into residential real estate with a license have not just graduated from college. Uh, most have come into the industry, I think, after pursuing other careers and having success in other careers in some instances and or retiring from other careers. For me, I chose it as my career. And of course, things have gone very well for me in the real estate business. And one of the main reasons is because of the topic we're going to talk about, lead generation. I knew at a very early age that if you could make it rain, you would have success. But how do you make it rain in the real estate space? How do you generate and drive leads? And more importantly, as a leader, how do you help others do that as well? And so early on in my career in 2006 and 2007, I hosted what I would call in, um, informational lunches or informational interviews in which I would ask top agents in our marketplace to lunch or to coffee. And for one hour, I'd pick their brains. And one of the main questions I'd ask is, how do you generate leads? And most people did not have a de definitive answer. Most people would say, you know, you just got to talk to people and kind of watch when people are ready to buy or sell or tell people you want referrals. And I would ask, well, how many people do you meet with a day? How many calls do you make a day? What kind of email templates do you have? What kind of text messages do you use? What do you do on social media? Keep in mind, this is 2006. <clears throat> and most agents with the average age of 60, 65 years old didn't have a lot of answers. They would just say, you know, you stay busy, stay positive, let people know you're in the business. Not that any of those things were wrong, but I didn't feel like anyone really had a strong business plan as far as the people I spent time with. So I sought out the top books in the real estate space, the best information I could find. And today I would say I am a professional when it comes to generating leads. I think the first and foremost understanding one must obtain is that there's different types of leads. There's obviously hot leads, which you have an appointment set. They're ready to go buy or sell a house. You have nurture leads, which are people that are three to six months out, and you're not going to communicate with them as often as you would a hot lead. And then you have watch leads, which is someone that might be buying or selling in the next six to 12 months. You then have archived leads, which is somebody that's more than a year out, but of course you're not going to forget about them. You're going to put them in a CRM and get them on a drop email. And you have trash. Trash is anyone that you don't believe will ever buy, sell, or refer business to you. 
They might have just been on the site getting decorating ideas. They might have registered their friend on the site as a joke. Who knows the case? But those people would end up in our trash category. Today, from 2006 to when we're recording this episode in 2024, we have over 400,000 people or 400,000 leads in our database. If you have more leads in your database, this is an opportunity to win a $20 Starbucks gift card. DM me at Jeff M. Cohn and let me know that you have more than 400,000 people in your database and take a screenshot of your database. Um, no small print. If you have more than 400,000, I will send you a $20 gift card to Starbucks. Uh, just include your address and we'll send it your way. The reason I ask that is because your your value, your company's value, a lot of times is directly tied to the database that you have. And it's not enough to just have data. Those are lead opportunities, but it's having a strong relationship with that data. The riches are in the niches. What have you done and what will you do to continue to nurture your database? I like to think of it as a garden. Are you watering the garden? Are you making sure it gets enough sunlight? Are you making sure you take out all the weeds? Are you making sure that if you have moles or voles or um, rabbits that you're eradicating them to the full extent. Our databases are very similar. 400,000 people. Obviously, there's only 12,000 houses that sell every year in our area, 24,000 sides. So a very small percentage of my database will buy and or sell a house this year. A lot of them will also refer business this year. So how do I stay top of mind? <clears throat> and dependent upon uh, my communication mediums, how do I ask for business? How do I ask for their business? Why would someone choose to use me over somebody else? And these are all questions we should be asking as it pertains to lead generation. But one of the things we have discovered as in terms of a formula or an algorithm is that there are three main types of leads. So we've been able to put all of these different leads into three different buckets. Your best bucket, which is what everybody told me back in 2006 and 2007 where I should spend my time and attention, is your sphere of influence. Your sphere of influence. What is that? SOI. I define it as anyone that would know you if you came in contact with them at the gym or a grocery store. When I say know you, they know you, they like you, they trust you, they know you're in the real estate business, and they have your contact information. If they don't have your contact information, in my opinion, they're not your sphere. Your sphere should also be in your database. If you don't have their contact information, they're also not your sphere. Right now, you might have them on your phone. You can do a simple export and put them into a CSV folder. You can put them into some type of drip email sequence. Um, the easiest is most people are a part of a local MLS that has an automation feature that sends people an update every time a house hits the market in their neighborhood. Why would everyone in, in your sphere, from a lead generation standpoint, not be getting a notification every time a house sells in their area? Shouldn't you, as the real estate professional, be providing them that data? Of course, there's a lot of third-party companies. I'm not going to make mention of any of them, but they will also let people know what their house is worth today, what it potentially will be worth in the future, what it might Airbnb at if they chose to make it a short-term rental, and a lot of other incredible information. So sphere of influence. Let's be sure we are focusing number one on that, uh, that category, as many of us know we should. Obviously, giving them a listing update of what's going on in the neighborhood is an easy way to stay in contact. 
Sending them out a mass text message is also an easy way to stay in contact. What would you offer them in a mass text message? Again, people want to know what their house is worth. People sometimes want to contest their tax valuation, which for our county, it's in the summertime. It might be different where you live, but why not send out a text a few months before that valuation comes up and let them know if they don't agree with their valuation that you could help them or at least direct them in the right location to contest that valuation. But it's always value add. What can I offer to these individuals that are in my sphere of influence? Of course, the services we provide, I think, are the greatest value add. Um, being able to help their friends and family that are considering buying or selling or investing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But how do we make sure they know this? We have to stay top of mind. Um, it's like radio advertising where we say what we're going to say. We say it. Then we say what we just said. We should be emailing. We should be texting. We should be calling. And we can do IVR voicemail broadcast. You could use Mojo Dialer with pre-recorded voicemail drops. But everybody in your sphere should get an email at least once a month. Everyone in your sphere should get a text message, I believe, at least once a month. And everyone should get a phone call at least once a quarter. Those calls also don't have to come from you, nor do the texts or emails. They should, but they don't have to. You could have it be someone in the organization. But if you're staying top of mind, when they go to think of a referral for a friend or family member, they now not only think of your name, they have your contact information. They have your most recent email and they can just forward along to their friend or family. And when they are ready to buy or sell, they're going to be more likely, most likely to reach out to you. The second category outside of sphere of influence is outbound prospecting. Outbound prospecting is anything that's not from your sphere of influence and it's nothing from the internet. It's nothing from social media. It would be someone like an open house. It would be someone from a mastermind group you go to that you've never met before, a social event, someone from the gym you've never talked to before, someone you run into at the grocery store, expired calls, Fizbo calls, door knocking, circle prospecting. That's all outbound prospecting. Why would we outbound prospect if we already had a sphere? We shouldn't or wouldn't if we, have all, if we haven't already done everything we can to engage our sphere. The reason you'd need to move to outbound prospecting is because your sphere isn't large enough and your intention is to make your sphere larger by outbound prospecting. When you meet and greet these outbound prospects, they will become part of your sphere. Who should you add to your sphere? Every single person you come in contact with that you believe would buy, sell, or refer to you today or anytime in the future. It costs you nothing but your time to add someone into your sphere of influence or to hire someone to add someone into your sphere of influence or into your database, which would be the same thing. It costs you nothing but your time. Now, time is valuable. Time is money. So you could leverage this and you can have someone else do your up on prospecting for you and add people and just focus on your sphere. And that would be fine as well. The importance is that something is happening. Also from a scalability standpoint, and when we get into internet lead generation, this is going to be big on scaling, but you have people in your world possibly that want referrals. You have agents that are on your team or in your office or even in your area that you could send a referral to and keep a 50% referral fee or 25% referral fee or a 75% referral fee. Or maybe you keep the entire commission and you just pay someone a salary to work the leads that you generate. You can decide how you want to set that up. But when you have outbound prospecting nailed down and you have a clear and concise process to secure leads, you now have a, you now have a business and you now should have predictable revenue. You should know that you need to make 10 call attempts to get one person to answer and three people to answer to get one appointment. And you need to go on three appointments to convert one sale. You should know how many total outbound calls you need to make to get one deal. You should know how many open houses you need to go to or how many hours you need to sit in an open house, how many expireds you need to call, how many FISBOs you need to call, how many doors you need to knock. You get the point. If you don't know those numbers, start tracking them. 
It's very simple to track. Every time you go on an open house, every time you make out on calls, whatever the activity is you're doing, track what's the activity, when was the activity, how was the activity, what did you do, what did you say, what did you text, what were the results of the activity? Did you have a conversation with the decision maker? Was it a no answer? Did you leave a voicemail? Did you set an appointment? Did you realize the appointment? Did you execute a contract? And all of those numbers will end up leading you to know exactly your return on investment and your return on time. And of course, if you were a smart person, you would choose to do the thing that had the greatest return on time and, of course, provided you the greatest return on investment. And that's why so many people say just work your sphere of influence. But there comes a point where just your sphere might only make you 100000 a year or a million a year and you want to make more money. That's where you then would ask yourself, okay, what other activities could I do, outbound prospecting, to be able to find more opportunities to add more people to my sphere and make more money, hopefully in less time with less energy. And that's where the ROI and ROT come into play. Third category, internet lead generation. Internet lead generation is anything that comes from the internet. Internet lead generation is also anything that comes from social media platforms. So of course, everyone knows about running Facebook ads or Instagram ads or Snap ads or posting on all these different mediums to be able to drive more business. Um, lots of people are taking advantage of social media today. I do think that the social media ads don't return as great of an investment as other ads you could run on like Google PPC, for example. And we have tracked this for a very long time. But where I think it makes the most sense for internet lead generation is when your sphere of influence sees you on social. And now let's say your sphere of influence sees you on social and they click on one of your ads and they become a lead. Where did that lead come from? Well, it's an internet lead from your sphere. Happens all the time. And it can happen every which way. And we track on our at our team and within our brokerage where every lead opportunity came from. But if I run a campaign on social that generates a lead from my sphere, I'm going to count that as an internet lead because I had paid for their click. It's the reason they ended up coming back to me. And I want to know what is the final straw, if you will, that ends up getting a lead to come back into my world to buy, sell, or refer business to me so I know where to spend more money. Uh, for the last 10 plus years, we've spent over 10,000 a month on Google PPC. We've done it all through Boomtown and we've had a lot of success. I believe we've converted more internet leads than any team in history. If your team's converted more than us, we will give you a $100 gift card to the restaurant of your choice. Again, DM me at Jeff M. Cohn on Instagram. Let me know how many deals you did and you have to quantify it and it can't be land. These need to be just traditional sales. We've converted over 2,500 internet leads over the last 10 plus years to our website, kwelite.com. Um, these are all Google PPC leads and we've distributed those leads to around 30 agents. And then those agents have certain expectations from a lead conversion standpoint. Uh, within the first 24 hours, they need to have called the lead three times, sent one text, sent one email, set them up on an auto drip campaign. And I won't give you the rest of it because that's gonna be the following month's topic, which is the non-sexy topic of lead conversion, the work that goes behind converting leads. So we've talked about the three different lead buckets. You've got your sphere of influence, you've got your outbound prospecting, and you've got your internet leads or anything that comes from your social media platforms. Where should you, team leader or person listening, spend your time? More importantly, those that are in your world, where should they spend their time? And what I would suggest as we start 2024 is you spend the time where you had success the last 12 months. 
So if 70% of your deals came from sphere of influence in the last 12 months, double down on sphere of influence. Maybe don't do any of the 30% that were your maybe your internet leads, Zillow, Google PPC. Maybe just work your sphere and maybe do all the things you know you should be doing because that's probably going to be working smarter, not harder, making more money, less time, less energy with a greater ROI and a greater ROT, again, return on time. But what if 70% of your deals came from open houses or 70% of your deals came from Zillow? What should you do then? My suggestion is to double down. If you were spending $10,000 a month on Google PPC and 70% of your deals came from that, pay $20,000 a month, pay $30,000, whatever it is, double down on the thing that has proven itself. Um, you know, they have the old adage, the 80-20 rule, where 20% of your results typically, sorry, 80% of your results will typically come from where you put 20% of your energy and the reason that happens is we are not cognizant of what's actually getting us the results. So for tracking everything, which isn't very difficult, you can do this on, in a notepad. You can do this in Excel. You don't need some fancy software system to track it all for you. Of course, that's the best option, but you don't have to have it. But if you know that you're getting a great ROI on Boomtown paid leads, for example, which I average a 6x return, why would you not spend more money on Boomtown? And someone might say, well, because it's so much work and I don't want to have to do all that extra work. Okay, well then hire somebody to do some of the extra work or parts of the lead conversion process. Or what I did is in 2014, I quit selling real estate altogether and I hired 30 agents and I gave them all the leads, not only the Boomtown leads, but my sphere of influence leads. And I charged them a 50% referral fee on all my personal leads and all the internet leads. And I was able to net a million dollars before I was 30 years old by simply creating this clarity in my business and then training agents how to be successful, holding them accountable to the highest level, creating a culture, making sure I had great split options for the agents so they could make more money and realize their dreams. And it worked great. We became the number one team in the world at Berkshire Hathaway and converted more deals than anyone in history on the Boomtown platform. If you're a leader, teach people how to generate their own leads, help them pay attention to where their leads came from. What should they 2X? What should they double down on? What should they cut out? If you only had two deals from CrossFit and you think you're going to CrossFit because you get all this real estate business, you probably should stop talking to people at CrossFit. Just put your earbuds in, focus on the workout and leave as soon as possible. Don't think that that's generating leads. Um, I hear people all the time, I'm, on, I'm at a country club and spend 12 grand a year because of all the business that generates me. And you had three deals last year from the country club. Whereas if you had just picked up a phone once a day for one hour and called your sphere, I guarantee you would have sold more than three transactions. So lead generation, this is our high level topic for the month of February. Obviously, there's lots we can gain from being more intentional and more actionable around engaging our sphere of influence, creating outbound prospecting goals, and generating internet leads through a systematic approach so that we have the ability to scale our business as large as we want to go and drive leads to the people that are inside of our world. We would love to invite you to our upcoming boot camp. The website is teambuildingbootcamp.com. Dot com. It's at the end of January. Tickets are very inexpensive. I want to say they're $97 to come and spend five days with us. It's 90 minutes a day for five consecutive days. I'll be kicking that off again into January and it'll go through February. It's just one week long, Monday through Friday. Again, the website is teambuildingbootcamp.com. Look forward to seeing you there. Until next time.